Well, he did it, folks. Vladimir Putin has invaded Ukraine in what he calls a special military operation, and it appears the $650 billion in foreign aid by the West to that country hasn't gotten much in the way of it defending itself. The NATO alliance is showing some fracturing on the sanctions front and the military front, which is a huge danger to peace across the whole of Europe. Unfortunately, it appears the prediction that Russia and China would act in unison against Ukraine and Taiwan after the Olympics ended this week could possibly be in, in progress before the eyes of the world. We'll discuss the potential fallout and impact to the post-Cold War international order with my guest, Jesse Jane Duff, Gunnery Sergeant, Marine Corps retired, Newsmax contributor, Trump 2020 campaign co-chair for Veterans for Trump, an ambassador at the America First Policy Institute. Gunny, welcome back to the Rob Mina Show. How are Thank you? Thank you. Well, hey, he did it. So happy to be here to talk with you. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, coming on this week. Uh, so he did it. Uh, you know, I don't like it. I think it's crap. Uh, that Russia has decided they need to use military force to attack a country like the Ukraine. Uh, but that's where we are. Why do you think he took the risk? Because it is risky. It's a risky move. Well, I'm probably going to just be preaching to the choir. Everybody's going to know this. So I'm going to walk it back to 1994. Bill Clinton just said, you know, convinced the Ukrainians that uh, they should be able to, they should give up their nuclear capabilities. This is after the collapse of the Soviet Union. They wanted to ensure that everything was peaceful in the region. And we made assurances that we would be there to defend them if needed, along with uh, Great Britain. And it was, I believe, a treaty that uh, was called Belfast document, something, I can't recall the name of it, so let's just scratch that. But it was a treaty that essentially they sacrificed all of their nuclear capability, and that was the one thing that would defend them if there was an invasion by the old Soviet Union or Russia, so to speak. And I think anybody with a looking glass should have known that we weren't going to just get rid of communism overnight. It very, it's going to die very slowly. And it's gonna die in a way that's gonna take a lot of people down with it. So then we move on to the George Bush era, the end of 2008, when he had decided that he was not gonna support Georgia when Russia decided, hey, this is going to be our first aggressive move now as Russia into another country that we feel should not be part of NATO. They wanted to ensure that they never became a part of NATO and they were aggressive. It was a very quick gesture, maybe of less than six months, but it caused hundreds of deaths in Georgia along with thousands of, well, close to 200,000 displaced Georgians. And nothing was said by the rest of the world, literally nothing. It went basically unnoticed, unchallenged, uh, UN, nothing. And consequently, Georgia was never made a partner in NATO. And Putin saw that these folks won't do anything to me. So right after that, President Obama went into office and it was after 2008. And lo and behold, what happens? The same folks decided, let's take Crimea. Crimea, a lot of people don't understand why that's such a significant element for Russia. That is a warm water port, meaning they can get their ships in and out of there as strategically uh, important to Russia so that they are able to attack the rest of the world or defend themselves either which way. 
and Crimea does have a lot of ethnic Russians there. However, it was still part of the Ukraine. Mm. And they aggressively took Crimea. Again, nothing done by the Obama-Biden administration. In fact, they did the great quote-unquote reset where we saw Hillary Clinton famously handing the red button to uh, her Russian uh, counterpart, and it appeared to be one of those uh, reset button buttons with uh, the that you see on TV when you're going to get your office supplies. It was insane. Yeah. Now, in comes Donald Trump. Why is it that nothing happened under Trump? Is it just because he talked a big talk? No. Syria. Syria was now deciding that it was going to take, uh, well, let's back up back to Obama. Syria started taking aggressive measures against the Sunni. And they were basically putting uh, chemical weapons upon their people, causing them to literally burn alive and die a very vicious death. And Russia was engaged with uh, Bashar al-Assad in his civil war. Russia, believe it or not, has a port in Syria. It's been there quite a number of years, and they were a strategic partner for Russia. So Obama makes these threats on national television stating they will not cross this red line. And we all thought he was basically show, showing some cojones for the first time. And then somehow they end up walking it back that they're not going to enforce Bashar al-Assad is going to remove all of his chemical weapons. They would allow Russia to do it. I think on its face, that was laughable. How would you trust Russia to ensure Bashar al-Assad got rid of his chemical weapons? You made a threat, don't cross this red line, and then you basically walk away in a whimper. Yep. Now comes Donald Trump. Bashar al-Assad goes up to his own nonsense again. And I think President Trump had only been in office a couple of months at that point. Mm -hmm. And there was a large libertarian support for Donald Trump. Many people believe that we should never be involved in anything overseas. And it can sometimes often be very short-sighted. So when Donald Trump had sent several missiles there, I don't recall what missiles he dropped, but we do know that he had used the mother of all bombs. He made a big splash in Syria when we found out they were using the chemical weapons on their own people. It was pretty astounding. And it was causing a lot of bloodshed of innocent women and children and Syrians. Now, the right started going crazy. I saw people even like Cernovich suddenly turning on Donald Trump in two seconds flat. Everybody was like, I can't believe he did this. I can't believe he did this. And what he did was actually exceptional because he didn't kill civilians with that attack. He went after the military operations. He, in fact, even gave a very clear sign that he was coming in so they could clear personnel out. He basically attacked in the dead of night so that there was not a full load of people. But he went after their munitions depot. He went after their runways. He essentially made a huge statement. And right there, then, Putin saw that this man is gonna walk softly, but carry a big old stick and he's gonna club me in the head. What he says is what he means and I better believe it. We were told not to cross that red line and guess what Syria did? And it took Donald Trump to enforce what Barack Obama said. This is the history of Russia for the last, what, four presidencies? Yep. And then we fast forward to Joe Biden. <laughs> this has been discussed on all the airways over and over and over again, but it gets even deeper than all of this. We had a Nord Stream pipeline that was going to enable Russia to essentially have energy dominance all over Europe. Donald right. Trump knew that this would be a, a major national security risk. Many people hear about this pipeline, but they don't understand why it was so critical, is that it would allow 
president, it would allow Putin to have dominance of Europe because they're all dependent. Here, Germany has really little or no natural resources and they would be dependent upon this fuel. And Donald Trump said, uh-uh. He made the U.S. energy independent. We were exporting our fuel and prices were dropping at such a rapid level that it disabled from Putin from profiting off of the very fuel that he was able to pawn off to everyone else. So it gets even crazier, gets even deeper. We see now that Putin is recognizing that there's a new quote unquote sheriff in town who is basically a eunuch, incapable of doing anything, paralyzed at the hip, and signs all of these executive orders his first day. And one of them was releasing the sanctions against Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Not only that, he puts restrictions on our own Keystone pipeline and goes after public lands that were going to have fracking and drilling. He removed all capability of the United States essentially to be energy independent. And now fuel prices are skyrocketing and Putin gets to profit off of it. What a lot of Americans don't know and don't realize all of these people out there that say we can't get involved. Do you know that Russia's the third largest provider of oil to the United States, only second to Mexico and Canada? Saudi Arabia is fourth on that list. We Today alone, we probably had $300 million worth of oil purchased by the United States. We have had $1.5 trillion, not, not euros, not one, not any other currency on a daily basis. Russia has $1.5 trillion in foreign exchange dollars. And yeah. I can look at my notes. He has another amount of revenue that comes through that is with our dollar. And what makes it so scary is that the US is doing nothing about that. It is, oh, and another half of his trade is conducted in dollars. So 80% of Russia's daily, let me correct myself, 80% of Russia's daily foreign exchange transactions and half of its trade are conducted in dollars. And we have had over $1.5 trillion in oil copper and natural gas, $300 million alone a day in their oil. Basically, wow. Americans have been supplementing this attack on the Ukraine. And here we have a White House that couldn't figure out what sanctions to do. I saw John Kirby, Admiral Kirby, who is the spokesperson for the State Department, stand there this weekend when he was asked point blank by Bill Hammer. And one of the few times I'll watch Fox News, on occasion I fall into the right show because I'm sorry, they've mm -hmm. supported the left way too much for me. But Bill Hammer asked him, what are the sanctions you're going to take? And I'll paraphrase, but basically Kirby responds that we don't do sanctions until they've done something because yeah. if you were to correct his behavior now, what encouragement does he have not to go forward once he does it? It was like this upside down logic. Go ahead and let your kid burn down the house, then scold them instead of scolding them before they burn down the house was the logic. Then Bill Hemmer said, well, what levels of diplomacy are you going to do? And Kirby could only name two things. One, he would we would slow down our military exercises in Europe. And two, we would diminish some of our missile capability, offensive missile capability. Both of those are in Putin's hands, handing things over to, so there was really no detriment to Russia to do this. So all I can say to answer your question, I gave you the very, very long version. Yeah, This has been generated by democratic presidents ever since 1994. And we have enabled a man to still believe in his old KGB style, and that he will bring the rise of the Soviet Union 
again. Well, I tell people all the time, you can never forget that Vladimir Putin is a, is a, a KGB colonel. Uh, there's no doubt about it that he's a communist and uh, that he's a KGB colonel, and he thinks that way, which means he thinks about the USSR and what it lost and those kind of things. I think he's added in religion back to his, you know, his personal views and those kind of things, so it makes people uh, kind of get off kilter a little bit uh, because he does protect religious rights a little bit and those kind of things. And is a good I don't know that he is... Yeah, and I don't know that he is religious. I do think, no, though, that he's put that forward so he can get their support. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that kind of fakes people out a little bit, but he's still a KGB colonel. And, and he's conducting this operation exactly like uh, uh, America has taught him over the years in its interventions uh, that we've done uh, when we've gone after a whole country and done regime change like we did in Iraq. Uh, it's a model that's being followed. And uh, I'm not surprised uh, after thinking about it. I'm not surprised after uh, after thinking about it that he's doing it. And, I, and I'll be honest, I thought he was just going to go after the sliver of, of the Russian. I think I think a lot of us did. We were optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. tend to operate with a glasses half full attitude yeah. about everything. And then you've got the people that always run with the glasses half empty. So half mm -hmm. the time I'm right and half the time they're right. That's usually what it boils down to. <laughs> I, I, because if I were to be that glasses half empty person, and, I, and we all know those who are strategically always negative, yeah. I would, it, it, to me, it's very demoralizing. I have to have some sense of hope, of optimism. I expected that uh, two weeks ago I was on Newsmax and I had contradicted Colonel Tony Schaefer that he, he was saying they would invade. And I was going off of KT McFarland's presentation where she suggested all of the issues we could go after Russia on. She named them line by line. And I thought, stupidly, this administration would probably do that because it was to our advantage. Mm -hmm. uh, now, here, here's something that really boils me. And I think that everybody who's a conservative has to stop the bumper sticker talking point of we don't have an interest in Ukrainian border. We only have an interest in our border. That is a very pedestrian view, and I don't mean to insult anybody, but yeah. did you hear what I said, folks? They're the number three provider of oil to the United States, and we're going to pay for it now at the barrel. Did you hear that we have $1.5 trillion in trade? Did you hear when he has that kind of money coming in and we cannot supplement it with our own natural gas or oil because President Biden has handicap the united states it is affecting you well yeah it is it's, as big of a problem they're two separate a, issues it the is border, a, it is a, it is an interest but it's not a vital national interest because we could easily turn trump's policies back on and be energy independent again exactly right? so i hear what they're saying but what's happening among a lot of conservatives is that they're starting to do this bumper sticker style rhetoric and they're not looking at how this is going to impact their daily lives. Our stock market fell today. Why is that? Because of the fact that the oil prices are going to go so high that your daily goods are going to start skyrocketing on the grocery yeah. shelves, not just fueling up your car. Everything is dependent upon oil. Why the, Ob the Biden, I almost Freudian slip there, Obama administration, <laughs> why the Biden administration is not going reversing the policies is another issue entirely. Is it a nefarious agenda to bring forward the new Green New Deals to force America to his knees and get off of oil? Is it because he's emboldened to Putin? Because 
I just named four Democrats that enabled Putin, but yet they said Trump was colluding with Putin. There was not one evidence, I owed of evidence, and the yeah. one, essentially they're deflecting what they are doing. Why Biden is doing what he is doing is all pure speculation at this point for me. Mm -hmm. I don't make allegations as asked by a radio show. Well, do you think Obama's running the White House? And I'm thinking, I cannot as a public figure come out and make some comment like that without looking like a nut job with no empirical data. I'm very yeah. careful about what I allege. I will speculate and say, we can be suspicious because of A, B, C, D. But I'm not going to say A, B, C, D and R, F fact, because that's how you get labeled as a conspiracy theorist mm -hmm. with nothing to substantiate yourself. And when you've been in this business as long as you and I have, our word means something. I'm not an anonymous Twitter account that can just put out there all my speculations. I'm actually credible and people will quote tweet me and put it in the New York Times if I'm out on a limb here. I don't know what Biden's agenda is. I don't think any American knows what his agenda is. It's been unclear for the last four weeks what our next strategic move was going to be. It's been unclear what we were, what type of sanctions we were going to take. We did not get a clear answer today. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I have a hard time paying attention to the man. When he, are we taking any swift banking action? No, because we're not. We're not. That, that's, uh, and that's, that's what I was going to uh, jump in there and say, look, you know, the one financial sanction that will hit uh, and hurt immediately is removing Russia from the SWIFT banking system. And the SWIFT banking system, folks, is the secure messaging system that, that messages all the electronic transactions to all its member banks and countries back and forth. It's what makes your ATM card uh, work. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, from the, and the Reuters article that I was quoting was said flat out more than 80, I got to repeat this, 80% of Russia's daily foreign transactions and half of its trade are conducted in dollars. That's why this swift banking action would be so severe and crippling to them. The article also does talk about how China's gonna try to fill in on this, how they're going to try to supplement them with all of this. But at the end of the day, if 80% of your tra transactions are still yeah. with dollars, you are handicapped. Nobody wants, what is their currency? The one or, I don't even know what their currency is, forgive me. I should know all yeah, this stuff. The one, the one, I think. The one, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're, they're, not, they're not the world d d dominant, uh, form of using any type of financial transaction, mm -hmm. 80% daily. I yeah. mean, it would be such a swift move. So I really don't know what he said his sanctions were going to be. Can you fill me in? Were you paying closer attention than I was? Because I get ADD listening to this guy. What did yeah. you get out of the sanctions that he said we were going to implement? I want to learn. The biggest thing that I got out of it was that the United States was sanctioning the four biggest banks in Russia and freezing their assets, which that's that's significant. But without without adding in, removing them from the SWIFT banking system, they still have access uh, to all of the transaction capability that they need around the world. And if China's going to help them, uh, then it's it's going to be a wash. It's pointless. You know, it's yeah, very it's pointless. well. It, the point is, Biden needs to look like he's doing something. And uh, and the other issue with the SWIFT banking system. Uh, sanction not being on the table is that it's European countries and, and many of them are NATO countries like Germany and Italy that are saying, no, we don't want to do that. Uh, so there's a fracture in NATO. I've been pointing it out for several weeks now, and that's why 
you know, I've been, my concern's been getting increased as time goes on because, you know, Germany denied the UK military from doing overflight just this week of their country in support of uh, defensive operations mm -hmm. in the Eastern NATO countries. Germany has stopped uh, the, one of the Baltic countries from sending German-made weapons to the Ukraine. Uh, so there's a fracture there that Cute. even though the Cute. president's saying, oh, we're all unified. No, we're not. He had to admit that in his press conference. When well, and even, even Angela Merkel, before she had left, had they had seen that even with the sanctions against Iran, there were German parts that were found in some of the uh, areas that Iran had been bombing. I believe it was Syria, parts of Syria and this was all German-made stuff after the sanctions were in place. How on earth could Germany, with its history of trying to murder, slaughter Jews, be anything involved with selling parts to Iran? That goes to tell me that that communist mindset is still in the back of all of their, many of those East Germans who took yeah. over in the German government were raised as communists, Angela Merkel had been, although a Christian, a Lutheran, her father was a minister. But what was so odd to me was they had moved from West Europe to Eastern Europe when she was a child. Yeah. I, I'll never figure that piece out. But she yeah. had studied Stalin. She had perfected communism. And uh, then when Nord Stream gets shut down, what, just this past week, it took them how long to do that? Because Nord Stream 2 was going to benefit Germany. They were going to not necessarily prosper, but they would not go get cold during the winter. We have yeah. become uh, basically chained to Russian oil. I, you know, and it was Dick Morris. I got to be clear where I get my information from. I heard Dick Morris this morning on uh, Newsmax, and he gave a very great, great monologue about it. And he's the one that said Russia is the third largest provider of oil in the United States. So I could be corrected on that, but it sounds about right because we get it from Mexico and Canada and Russia, along with our own supply of oil, but we were energy independent before. And when you're no longer energy independent, guess what? The prices skyrocket. So I, I tell all conservatives, don't just fall. Being America first doesn't mean being America negligent. I do not want to see, nor do you. I don't want to see one drop of American blood uh, be shed over there under this maniac who could this entire situation could have been prevented if we had been more strategic. I think that's a waste of human life. And I think it's... Uh, after what happened in Afghanistan, it, it's just not, no mother should have to see her son come home in a flag draped coffin over this debacle. You know, there's honor in serving our country, but there should not be abuse of that service. And we should trust our elected leaders. So I digress on that. Yeah. Uh, but when, if you're going to say that, it, that, that when I see these tweets that um, the U.S. border is more important than the Ukrainian border, I'm like, can't we walk and chew gum? Can we not address both? Because yeah. I, I appreciate candidates like J.D. Vance. I, I support him wholeheartedly, but he's been going on this spell of anti-Ukraine engagement. And I think some of these candidates need to clarify a little bit better. What do you mean by engagement? There are so many methods in which we could get under Putin's skin to retract and pull out you're going to Congress. You have to be bigger than just simplistic mindsets of this isn't our problem, this is the Europeans' problem. And I'll tell you why this is important. And this is more important than every single time the US has in, it, it ignored what's going on in Europe, we've ended up in a foxhole. Look at how World War I started. 
I'm angry. Always the Russians had to be involved in something. Look at how World War II started. We weren't there stopping or suppressing or resisting or enabling our allies. We kept ourselves back as long as possible by the time we were involved. It was too late to reverse course. And if you yeah. think that this is nothing, I dare to say that Putin's looking, getting very aggressive, and it's not going to end here. Right next door is Romania, Poland. How many of his former satellites are in that region? And all we're saying to them is good luck. Well, I mean, Biden has had somebody slip the line in all of his speeches this week that we will defend every inch of NATO territory and the NATO countries that are in Eastern Europe. Uh, if, if Putin goes after those, unfortunately, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to die and a lot of those will be Americans. Exactly. But why and why fight. are we waiting to go to that? Here's where I'm getting yeah. agitated. He saw with, uh, with Georgia, when he invaded Georgia, that there was no reaction from the West. People were just essentially, and I say Europe also, people, the NATO was nowhere to be found. Yeah. NATO's not even standing there. Why aren't NATO allies getting engaged now and doing preemptive? Donald Trump held those NATO countries accountable. He was in Angela Merkel's ass when she was, I'm sorry, I just cursed. Do you have to beat me? Sorry, I'll wait while you beat me. Okay, he was in her we're, we're rear not end. On a broad, we're not on a uh, television broadcast, so go ahead. I know, but it might be a family-friendly Disney-sponsored <laughs> channel. Anyway, yeah. uh, he was in her rear end because they weren't even paying their fair share. Right. You looked at most of these NATO allies, and they were highly dependent upon the United States. So they don't have any skin in the game. Yeah. So, you know, I appreciate that they're saying not one hair on a NATO ally's head is going to be touched. Mm -hmm. Well, Ukraine, good luck. That's what that says, because they're not a NATO ally. They right. haven't well, been able to get into Putin. And you know what? The people that have been saying, hey, we'll back you up, stick it in Putin's face, you know, and get aggressive with him and all that to the Ukrainians. They ought to be held accountable at some point. You know, all those people that went after President Trump in the Ukraine phone call, impeachment and all that, they're all out there saying right now, well, we ought to be giving, you know, blood for Ukraine right this second. You know, this is terrible. We should have should have uh, went in with military force and blah, 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 uh, when they knew all along that they would do this if they were in power. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's go back to Mrs. Bill Clinton. Her husband enabled the Ukraine or Russia to be able to invade the Ukraine when they, she did, her husband disarmed the Ukraine. Everybody mm -hmm. saw nuclear weapons as such a threat. and They didn't want them in anybody's crazy hands. But the Ukraine never did demonstrated to the rest of the world it was seeking world dominance. But although the Soviet Union had, the former Soviet Union had, and those Russian uh, communists were still there, they... They really looked at this in such a uh, pedestrian level again that, oh, nuclear weapons are bad. Oh, but you're going to let Russia keep theirs? Their neighbor literally had no means to defend itself. When you look at the comparison charts of their military next to the Ukraine's, it's like night and day, 10 times more of this and a frat. They cannot defend themselves. And But if they were a nuclear country, nobody would have crossed that border. They wouldn't uh, the have. They would have been intimidation. Is, the lesson from that to all the dictators in the world that have nuclear weapons is don't give up your nuclear weapons. Well, that's why Kim Jong-un won. Kim Jong-un saw exactly how we had uh, basically betrayed every ally before. Why would he give mm -hmm. up his nuclear capabilities or potential nuclear capability when he knew he would end up being a sitting duck? Mm -hmm. um, not justifying Kim Jong-un, but what happens is you look at how... 
other countries have obliged by what the U.S. has wanted, and those leaders have collapsed. Look what happened to Gaddafi. The United States mm. essentially had tried to give him reassurances, and the next thing you know, he was dead. You know, the yeah. United States has not often been sincere or has forgotten. It seems as if our memory is very, very short. How is yeah. it the Biden administration is not aware that we have a treaty with the Ukraine to defend them? How is it that they're, how has that not even been addressed? Have any of the reporters even asked that? What about the treaty that you would defend them? What happened with that? There are so many ways that we can go after Russia from here to sundown. The oligarchs, I heard uh, Secretary, former Secretary of the VA, Wilkie, talk, and he's given a very good thought. He said, Boris, Boris, uh, what's his name in uh, Europe? Um, Johnson. Yeah. He could get all of those oligarch kids out of his country because they go to Britain and they come to the United States. We could deny all their visas. We can evict them all from the countries. You can send them back because when you start pinching the people that profit off of Putin, his buddies, his oligarch buddies, when you start impacting them, they're going to be like, hey, we had a cushy life. Leave it alone. You really want the Ukraine for what? You got Crimea. That's the report. That was your most strategic port. This is all about your ego. You have no valid reason to take over the Ukraine. Other than you said it was always ours, which is not true, that there's ethnic Russians in there, which is true, but not any different than the Ukrainians. And many of the Ukrainians have no desire, even those of Russian origin, to become part of that old Soviet mindset. There was no glory in being a citizen of the Soviet Union unless you were that elitist group, yeah. like in the United States, that remains detached from re reality. We call them the limousine liberals. They're the yeah. ones that get their kids in the private school while your kid is in and uh, doing their homework on a Zoom call. They're the yeah. ones that live in a mansion while you're in a two-bedroom apartment, trying to, your husband and your kids trying to survive the quarantine. They're the ones that have money even when no more money is coming in. They're the people that have been enabled by China to sell a product. They like your Targets, your Walmarts, your Costcos. They didn't get hurt by the pandemic. Amazon profited. Why? Because everything came from China and they shipped it out and the American people are stuck on China. It was Donald Trump that tried to get us off of China. He brought 500,000 manufacturing jobs back to the United States that had been exported. I don't know the data right now, but I dare to say we've lost that. Several of yeah. the car companies have already said they're gonna manufacture in Mexico. Donald, I'm sorry, uh, President Biden had said he was gonna raise the corporate tax rate to 27%. I don't know if that happened or not. I, I believe it did. That's the highest tax rate for a corporation in the world outside of higher than China. So you're literally going to push all the businesses out to go back and offshore. You're trying to say they gotta pay their fair share. And you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna offshore. It's like the logic from these people has none. It's all emotional rhetoric, bumper sticker politics, pay your fair share. Okay, can we talk about what that really means, how it economically will impact your country? Because I will say this right now, no poor man ever got me a job. No That's poor right. person ever paid my salary. So That's if right. you really want to go after the wealthy to pay their fair share, my job's going to be the first one cut. And Ronald Reagan said it best. A recession is when your neighbor has lost his job. A depression is when you lose yours. Yep. Perfect way. That's a good one. It's I very easy that. to say yeah. don't do it. Yeah, it's a, that's a very good one. Uh, so from an economic perspective and a military perspective, uh, I've known for a while, the facts are what they are. Russia and China are working together more and more every every month, it seems like. 
Uh, and there's been a theory going around that Russia and China, it started about three months ago for me when I first heard it, that Russia and China had a, had a, a confidential agreement that, you know, if one goes after Taiwan or Ukraine, the other one will support it. Uh, and they'll probably, they would probably work together. And, and that's what really concerns me with these fractures in NATO uh, is two things. You know, uh, the response is not enough. Uh, since they didn't go with the SWIFT banking system, the response is too weak uh, on our part, on the NATO and the U.S. part. Uh, and two, uh, the Olympics are over. And the theory has been that it, all this was going to start when the Olympics were over, and that's the first thing that happened was Putin's gone into Ukraine. China is kind of soft selling uh, what they're doing in a supportive way. And I expect Taiwan's going to go because... The so Taiwan, I think, is a stickier issue. One, there is a lot of U.S. support for us to support yeah. Taiwan compared to the Ukraine. I'm sorry for the Ukrainians. I feel like a lot of Americans don't understand our history and don't understand what the detriment to the European problem has been for us. It's created world wars yeah. um, and they don't understand the dynamics of it. But Taiwan is 100 miles off of the coast of China. They do have that in their defense to their advantage, mm. number one. Number two, they do have a very strong military presence. The United States has supported their military for some time. I do suspect that the United States would engage and support Taiwan because it's strategically not going to make, there's no globalism to benefit the United States out of this. I don't know what sleazy deals are going on with Putin and, and the Biden folks. I think I would it, it would take probably 100 years before we unravel this. Um, you thought the Mueller report took a long time with no results. We think Durham's taken a while with no results. I mean, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, yeah. The, the Biden family is exceptionally corrupt based upon what I have been told. I got to be careful making allegations again because I want to make sure that I yeah. don't sound like I have the, the speculations that I've heard and what we've all heard about the 10 percent to the big guy, the proven evidence of Hunter Biden making. What was it? One. How much? One point five million on the trip to China. Uh, then or was it one point five billion? As I recall, it was, it was like an incredible amount of money. Million and 10 to it was an incredible guy. amount of money out of China. I got to look that number up again. But he also made several million off of the Russian Moscow mayor's wife, uh, well, the Ukraine. Three, yeah, three and a half million out, out of Russia's uh, Moscow mayor's wife, three and a half million yeah, or and so, so out of Ukraine. Yeah, and where is this money? And yeah. where is this money? All of this yeah. money. Um, the, the stories that I've heard as... You've heard the murmurings with people who are pretty close to the know have said that they've, they've offshored a lot of that money. So you're not going to be able to find it. And the Treasury Department under Trump could not necessarily go after it because then you look like you're on a witch hunt, a political mm -hmm. witch hunt of your political opposition. We got a lot of sticky trade laws here that actually benefit somebody, but those that criminals can also take advantage of. The Biden family has a very historical record of corrupt deals. And Hunter Biden has obviously profited off of the Biden name. He has been known to be incapable of accomplishing anything other than embezzling out of people, making them think that they're gonna have more power and influence by getting close to Obama Biden at the time and now President Biden. Uh, it's, it's pretty tragic. I don't know what their agenda is though in just sitting back and not putting any of these sanctions in place and the diplomacy being relatively weak against Putin. What are they gaining out of this? Because here we had Hillary Clinton 
brew up this scheme that uh, Donald Trump was in collusion with Russia that so many liberals still do believe it today. Many liberals are even dismissing the Durham report, saying that conservatives had misread it. I've read articles on CNN that are sent to me by Newsmax to prepare to go on the air. And the bias is just mind blowing. I'm not talking yeah. uh, factual evidence. They're doing speculation, innuendo, suggestive uh, argument, but it's not based upon what's actually in that Durham report. And it's unequivocally evident that she, by design, had tried to give the perception that Donald Trump was polluting with Russia. It's unequivocal. It's there. Her campaign funded it. We know this. There's no if, ands, or buts about this. The Democrats, for some reason, have a fascination or a fetish with Russia. They have this, I hate Putin, but I bring Putin in, and we want, and we won't scold Putin, but Putin's bad. It's a fetish with Russia. And the only president we saw in recent years take very stern action against Russia was Donald Trump. And yeah, here and they, he is and they, an outsider. And, they, and they're trying to reverse it and say this is all Trump's fault because he, he was, you know, he was soft on Putin during his four years. It's incredible. I can't <laughs> drink enough to hear this. I can't be drunk enough to not hear this anymore. It's like, yeah. I look, I get partisan politics. I've heard enough people on the right inflate allegations where I tend to be very analytical and say, look, you can't call this person that based upon this. You're jumping yeah. to conclusions. You're making leap lofty allegations. Then you turn around and see the left. They do it too. I want accurate statements to be made. I don't want people to drum up hysteria that we have seen, because if you repeat a lie long enough, people believe it. And that was from the playbook of Sal Alinsky. But we've seen both sides do it. Oh. I'll see conservatives call somebody a rhino. And I said, how are they a rhino when they never vote on democratic policies? Just because you don't like somebody doesn't make them a rhino. I mean, you've got to be able to give me examples of how they haven't funded that. They're against the Second Amendment. They're anti-military. They're cutting funding to the military and they're increasing spending on the Green New Deal. And yet they have Republican after their name. OK, that's a rhino. But if you're going to say yeah. because for like example, Liz Cheney, she's not a rhino. She's a very strong conservative on many levels. She's also a neocon, neoconservative yeah. that wants to supplement every defense contractor out there. There's no war she and her family haven't liked at the yep. cost of the American individual. She may truly believe these are the best things in our interest in national security, but I'm not naive to think that. I think that she has been emboldened by those people that profited off of war. That's what I truly believe. It's not really always national security as much as look where the money goes. Who right. profits off of war and conflict? That's the right. very people that kept you and me armed, the very people that designed our weapons, the very people that built us great ships. I don't want to undermine how awesome they were. But the longer they need to be in the production line, the more money that they generate. 20 years in Afghanistan lined a lot of pockets at the expense of the bloodshed of the average American who thought they were joining to do something noble. And that yeah. is shameful. It is. Shameful. It is. And that's one of my concerns with this. Uh, this emerging fiasco with Ukraine and what's led us up to it and all that. And, uh, you know, uh, this weak response and NATO being fractured, I just think that deterrence against China vis-a-vis uh, -vis Taiwan 
is more likely than not to fail. And but I agree. I hope we have the right response because I agree with you. There's a lot more support uh, to uh, uh, keep China deterred uh, by the use of military force uh, if necessary because it's in our vital national interest. And, and Russia's just, and Ukraine, that issue is just not as, uh, it's not a vital national interest while it's a national yeah. interest because we've made it one. It's because we've made it one by right. not, not being, by going into, uh, dependent on oil again and those kinds of things. We've made it one and, right. and by what we've done in the Ukraine. Uh, yeah, we but did China, yeah. and China, we've made that too. And that's why I'm concerned because, you know, with the Biden family, they have really, a lot of people in the government that have been in government for years have really strong ties to China. Uh, even oh, though it's the only communist country left officially. Uh, that has the ability to take us out. And they have, if you look at a lot of the ties of those who've been elected to Congress and how many of them have taken money from groups that were sponsored by communist organizations. California happens to have an overwhelming influence of communist China. And it doesn't come at you with a red flag and stars mm -hmm. and symbols and all that. It yeah. comes at you through different uh, agenda groups that are sponsored by it. They know how to influence people. And uh, look at Diane Feinstein, the tie that her own driver was a Russian spy. Look at Sawwell, and he was sleeping with a spy. And he's still on the Intelligence Committee, if I'm not yep. correct, and has a clearance. Sure I mean, is. The, the, the influence, we were giving out foreign visas to Chinese students that were able to go to programs that were basically being supplemented by the Defense Department. So you're at a university working on a project under a professor who's providing it, let's say, to DARPA, which is the research arm of the Defense Department. And you have these underlings that essentially may not be cleared or U.S. citizens, but intelligence is put together like a puzzle piece. This mm -hmm. person gives you this little bit, that person a little bit. The Chinese have been very aggressive in our education system with the visa programs, and it wouldn't be hard to stop all that. I don't know if we took aggressive action under Mike Pompeo. I think they did. I could be wrong. Mike Pompeo did some very aggressive measures right before he left office as Secretary of State, but how many of those have already been reversed? That's the problem. What happened you know, five minutes ago could have been reversed by Joe Biden, uh, but that visa program was very concerning and it was easy to rectify it. All you had to do was take in place what we already had in place for students that came over to go to flight school. All you had to do was remove the word flight school. And it was essentially that you could stop a lot of these student visas because they were having access to national areas of national security interest. We have enabled our partners to come to the United States and learn from us because we think that they're all going to want to be a republic as we are. We're not a yeah. democracy. We are a republic. And there's a big difference because we're the only country in the world that's a republic. Uh, democracy is winner takes all. That's why Canada is suffering right now. The reason they cannot fight Trudeau is because the provinces that have a smaller populations don't get equal representation. We're the only ones in the world where each, each state has two senators. 
So we don't have the New Yorkers or the Californians. uh, And I hate putting down my own state because there's a lot of conservatives here. And there's a lot of conservatives in New York, too. But New York City and Los Angeles, let's say that. You take Chicago, New York City and Los Angeles and Boston, and you get all of their population to vote with a democracy. It'd be winner take all. And they would make the policies for rural America, for Texas, for Oklahoma and everywhere else. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but we are the term. You will never hear a Democrat say a republic. They always say democracy. Uh, They never say republic. A lot of the establishment Republicans won't say it either. I got some bad news for you before we go, uh, Gunny, and that that is the Department of Justice has disbanded a Trump program that was aimed at uh, at Chinese influence operations uh, through social media and those kind of things. They just abolished it. I think the news broke uh, late this week. Uh, and uh, as the Ukraine uh, war issue. So what is the influence programs that we're referring to? It's like, uh, you know, all the uh, Confucius Institutes and those kind of things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. It's it's too bad. Well, we were part of a win. You and I were part of a win when we were on the effort to get change the thrift savings plan. And there were voting members on there that had been appointees from previous administrations that were taking about 20% of our military retirement and federal employee retirement and investing it in Chinese uh, stock. And essentially, we were funding the rope that would hang us. And they have, as I recall, we won that and got it reversed where no more of our money for our retirement funds can be going overseas to supplement anything. Because when you provide money to a Chinese-based company, you are supplementing the Communist Party of China, period. Absolutely. It's the same thing as buying oil from Putin. You're, you're supplementing and financing his war operations in Ukraine. But it doesn't mean it won't be like reversed that. by Joe Biden because he's reversed everything. He sure so, has. Well, yeah. I appreciate you joining me this week, Getty. Uh, it's been fantastic as usual. I'm always tired after uh, I do an episode with you because you have so much energy and it's the right energy focused on Americans and America first and doing the right thing. You know, uh, every so time I, I think that. I got... Every time I think I got to get out of doing this, I'm like, well, what else are you going to do that gets you excited? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, our audience loves you, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, Colonel. Coming from you, that's a real big compliment. Thank you, sir. And it's an honor to be on with you. I mean, anytime, I, I'll make time for you. It's really a joy to be able to talk with a fellow conservative who's realistic about what we're dealing with. Well, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate it, and uh, please pray for peace. Uh, That's and, true. Uh, Prayer work, folks. We really those, do. Keep those kids that are in the Ukraine getting hurt right now uh, in your thoughts and prayers for sure. Absolutely. Have a great Thank one. you. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Gunny Duff is she's right on the mark. Uh, you, we've got to be realistic in this, and we've got to maintain uh, the right direction. And we've got to stop being soft where it's wrong to be soft. And we've got to start being tough where it's right to be tough. And that's not happening right now. So uh, keep, keep the uh, Ukrainian people in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, and uh, also the Russian military forces, they're going to die too. Uh, and, uh, because war is a terrible thing. It goes after everybody. And uh, it's not something that you want to take on lightly. And uh, I wish Mr. Putin hadn't done it, uh, but we are where we are. So pray for peace. I'm retired Colonel Rob Manis, and I'll see you next week.